Hey, what's going on? Happy Monday to everyone out there. It's lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, powered by Amron, Illinois, sponsored by the HomeLoanExpert.com. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Mike Claiborne. Klaibs, it's your first day off in three weeks, and uh, here you are working. No rest for the weary. That's what all I can say. <laughs> what time did you guys get back yesterday? Uh, we got in a little after midnight. Uh, okay. So, yeah, a little after midnight. And, you know, when you land, you know, you make a decision. Do I unpack now or tomorrow morning? So I decided to unpack and wash. Uh, so I was up till the wee hours of the morning, but you know what? It's, it comes with the territory. I, I'm not one that really finds time to complain about something you like doing. Yeah, it's uh, and you know you, you got the day off, and you know that you don't have to go down to the ballpark for anything. So hopefully, it's all just nice and quiet today after the no uh, such the thing. Because you know <laughs> when you're gone that much and when you're busy, you just have a lot of catching up to do. So um, yeah, I'll be doing that all day and into the night and into tomorrow. So it'll be all good. What was the the road trip or the, the 20 days uh, straight of baseball games? The Cardinals end up finishing that with a winning record of uh, the, uh, the past 20 days, but losing the last two games and losing yesterday with a chance to win it at the end. What's the uh, what's the mindset of the team? What were they like on the uh, on the flight back? Uh, you know, everybody was kind of I, I think some people hit the wall as far as, you know, the grind and. You know, San Francisco and Kansas City were not two good weather cities. Uh, San Francisco was awful yesterday and Saturday. I mean, the wind was blowing at an incredible pace. Uh, so where it may have said it was 55, it was more like 40 with the wind gusting. I, I'm telling you, Joe, I've been going to California a long time, and I don't think I've seen this since the days when they were in Candlestick Park. I mean, it was brutal. Uh, I don't know how people play baseball out there. It really, uh, it's one of my favorite parks, but the, the weather was just and, you know, players don't talk about it, but it's it was it would be a distraction for me. Not yeah. to mention playing in the outfield and, and how balls would have like the ball has hit yesterday. That's a, that's a out in just by any ballpark with the wind got a hold to it. And the next thing you know, it's two run homer. Not only that, I mean, it wasn't just blowing it. I mean, it blew it, you know, off to the side too. Like it was, it took it for a little, for a ride where they were showing that, you know, the, the angle that the outfielder was going yeah. at, you know, and then not to mention too, Arenado, his double that he hit, they showed that, that the wind knocked it down to where it shortened the ball 23 feet. They, they were showing that on the advanced stats, whatever they're they're using on uh, on Bally Sports. They were showing the highlights for that, that the wind knocked it down <clears throat> to keep it 23 feet shorter than it would have been in any other situation. Yeah, it's, it was amazing. So, you know, I, you know, going back to your original question, I, I think people are like, OK, you know, we, we're, we're starting to come around a little bit offensively. I, I think if there was a disappointment in how they played defensively the last couple of days, because that's just not them. Uh, pitching was was okay. I think what we watched though is the emergence of Ryan Helsley and what he was able to do on the trip. And you think about what he's able to do. Jordan Hicks is starting to really find his way. Steven Match has had a tough week, you know, coming off bereavement, just was down in his routine. Dakota Hudson, if you can get him out of the first inning, he's a pretty effective pitcher. I, I thought he got squeezed quite a bit. So overall, I think that they have some things they're positive about. I think there's certain some things they're concerned about. Uh, Paul DeYoung and Tyler O'Neill would be on that list. 
and what do you do next? But overall, I think the emergence of Epes in his first week as a big leaguer has been something nice to see. Yeah, that that just is going to bring up more questions about where where you get him that bats, where you put him in there, because it seems like he has surpassed Corey Dickerson as the DH against righties. You've seen that the the few days that he's been up, but also with the struggles of O'Neill, with Dylan Carlson, and I mean neither Dylan Carlson or Harrison Bader are lighting the world on fire right now. So you can rotate him into the, either of the corner outfield spots, and you can move Carlson to center if you need to, and give Bader a day off. Yepes does allow for some movement in there too, but you saw yesterday. I mean, you there's still going to be days you got to find the way to get Pujols into the lineup. And where does Yepes go when you do that? So there, there are a lot of questions in this lineup, but only one guy on the roster that seems like can play shortstop. Well, it's a good question to have, though. I think at least you have options. You know, last year I didn't think we had many options about certain situations. Uh, this year we do uh, initially. And I, I think Dickerson will come around. Uh, I, I think he'll figure it out. Uh, the question is, does a Brandon Donovan have enough at bats and can he do enough things to stay here? Uh, is he a guy that maybe you start to think about playing on the infield a little bit more? Well, you know, they'll, they'll step away from it for a bit. But I, I really feel like, Joe, at this point, we won't see a, a, a legitimate move made, I think, until probably, you know, middle of the month, maybe. Uh, coming off of a road trip or going on a road trip. Um, you know, they're going to give some people a little bit more time as we get settled into the weather. And I really anticipate this week being a pretty interesting week because, A, the weather's going to be good. B, you're playing Baltimore. And C, you're playing a team you just played over the weekend and you really should have won three of the four. Yeah, the you know, coming back home, getting a day off, and then getting three games against Baltimore is – you you couldn't ask for a better week to uh, to start, especially with yeah. the weather too. That's I you know Rammer Rammer gives me shit all the time when we when we talk about this on daily cards when we go into a series. He's a he's a win the series guy. He's you know you got to win two out of three, two out of three. Yeah. If you're playing a team like the Orioles. Got to sweep. No. Yeah, you got to sweep. Yeah. When you play the Reds, I mean the mindset you should not give away a game to the Reds the rest of the year. That should be every every game against them should be a win because they're just that bad. Well, the Reds have one victory against you this year. That should be the only one, and yes. I agree. That, that should be the only one they get. Although, you know, I, I keep thinking they're going to get better at some point when they get you some keep people saying back. That. Well, because they hurt all the time. I mean, they got some guys that are flat out hurt. I mean, when you look at some of the guys in that lineup, and and maybe they maybe they passed their prime in Mustakis and and uh, Votto and Fam, and you've got a young India. Uh, a guy who really accounted for himself well. Colin Moran is a is a is a guy. He's not a guy you want to play every day. Nick Senzel is a guy that's got a real future. I mean, they have some some legitimate players, and they got a ton of pitching that's just around the corner. Uh, now, can they wait on it? I guess they're going to have to. But the problem you run into then is they're all coming up at the same time. They're all going to be young. They're all going to make mistakes, and they're all going to try and figure out how to get through the fifth inning. So. It's going to be a work in progress, but I don't see Cincinnati being the worst team in baseball this year. Man, it's 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 tough to make an argument for another team right now when you look at how bad they have been so far uh, in, in the first few weeks. So that's uh, that's what you have coming up. You mentioned you you threw in Ryan Helsley's name. 
into that uh, earlier. Ten innings so far that he has pitched this year. Twenty strikeouts. Or no, is it not? Is it yeah, 20, twenty strikeouts. Yeah, no twenty walks. strikeouts and ten innings. No walks has just been uh, just been phenomenal. We've seen these little spurts throughout his career. We've seen him be this good in outings before, but to put that many together in a row to start the year, it's uh, it's it's really opened some eyes. Yeah, he has. Uh, and I really feel like he's gone from being a thrower to a pitcher, um, you know, because when he throws 100 plus, he's not even grunting. OK, I mean, it's almost like he's playing catch. But the other pitches that he's able to throw for strikes, uh, I think, has been the real difference maker. The change up, the cutter, throwing a little bit of a slider. Uh, I mean, he throws maybe four pitches and he's got confidence in them all. And I think that's what makes him an effective pitcher now. I asked him this question yesterday, you know, you've got these four pitches, you're getting a little longer, it's starting down the road. And he kind of grinned and he said, yeah, well, everybody likes to start. He said, I'm just trying to get through this and just figure out what's next. But And I love the way Ali Marmol is using him because he's using him in more than just one inning. I mean, we're getting two innings. Now, the question is, and he brought it up as well, the answer is getting rest in between outings, making sure that he's strong throughout the season. Because a lot of teams we've seen in the past, they'll burn up a bullpen, and the next thing you know, by July 4th, they've got nothing. They've got absolutely nothing. I don't think that's going to be the case here with uh, Helsley and the way they're trying to use him. No, it just with the Cardinals bullpen as as a whole right now, I think we have seen enough out of Palante to see that, you know, the early tests that Marmol gave him have paid off and that you can start using him in bigger situations. I don't know if he has a go-to lefty yet. I, I don't know if he is, if uh, Marmol has kind of decided on if it's McFarlane or Cabrera as his top lefty just yet. I think it kind of <clears throat> depends on the situation too. If you need a ground ball, McFarlane's the one that's going out there. Yeah. The, the, the problem though, uh, and they give you two different looks too, by the way. And I think that's important. I, I think you touched on something about situation. Uh, because one of the things we've learned about Oliver Marmo early is that he doesn't wait till the ninth inning to start putting guys. If a situation needs the fire being put out, then he's going to put it out in the seventh inning. He's going to put it out in the eighth. He's not going to wait until, you know, all hell breaks loose and then say, well, I got my closer. He's ready to go. Sometimes your closer might be your fireman and, and coming in and putting out a big inning earlier in the ball game. Uh, and I think he can get away with that because he's got enough length in his bullpen and guys with experience that can come in and get you two outs or three outs in the ninth inning. So, you know, it's something that I think we all need to take into account that this bullpen has versatility, unlike we've seen in the past. So to see who's the number one lefty, I think you touched on it. If you need a ground ball, double play, then maybe here's McFarland. If you got a really tough guy that, you know, uh, that with with Cabrera with his slider and his fastball, I mean that that's kind of a handful for some of these guys. And now he's throwing the changeup to go along with a curve. Uh, he's he's become a very versatile guy also. So I think don't get caught up in the roles. I, I warn people this about this: don't get caught up in roles because I think you can really get be misled and led down the wrong path with this ball club, especially in the month of May. Yeah, expect to see some roster moves this week uh, before the game tomorrow against Baltimore. I know Wainwright is scheduled to pitch, but he uh, he was on the COVID list as of this weekend. Any word on uh, on his testing? I know he tweeted about what he needed to do to be put back on the roster 
any word on uh, on what to expect? I, have, I haven't heard anything about what's next for him. Uh, as you mentioned, he's scheduled to pitch tomorrow. I'm sure the Cardinals have uh, probably some plan Bs up their sleeve in the event. So we'll just have to wait and see when we get to the ballpark tomorrow. I think the Cardinals want to be really careful about this and not put themselves in harm's way. And if Wayno gets moved back a day or whatever, so be it. I mean, it's extra rest, and I think a lot of guys would like to have that. Yeah, and Sosa too, still on the, uh, still on, or on the injured <coughs> list. Uh, we're, we're yeah, supposed to haven't heard anything. Haven't heard anything yeah. on him either. We're, we're so. supposed to forget about what the team tweeted out and then deleted and then put back out there. That would. Social media has its pluses <laughs> and a whole lot of, you know, it, it, it's really one of those things where you want to be first. And, but it's also important to be right and timely. Uh, and there's a difference between timely and first. Uh, you know, you want to rush out there to be official with it, but you also have to take into account on how everything else needs to fall into place. So lesson learned. It, yeah, it, exactly. So uh, there you go. Hey, pay, uh, by the way, pay attention to what we have going on here on Claves Online all week long. Uh, I think we have some tickets to give away this uh, this week for the uh, for the Cardinal games, three against the Orioles, and then the weekend against the uh, the Mets. So uh, no, I'm sorry, the Giants, uh, the Giants this weekend. So pay attention to uh, some of the other shows here, the Daily Cards Live and whatnot that we have here on Claves Online. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Blues hockey as they are in the middle of their first round playoff matchup. Back after this. My name is Jeremy Seabury. I am one of the owners of Pawford K9. Marcus Galmore, co-owner of Pawford K9. What makes us different from other dog companies is there is no breed left behind. We stand by that 120%. We specialize in aggressive behavior modification. We don't turn away. We bring them in for a free, free evaluation to see if we can help the dog. Here at Poppy K9, we focus on the owners, educating the owners. How do I get this dog to give me the behaviors that I'm asking for without the treats? Mm -hmm. So that's when me and Marcus come in. We train the dog. So when you take the dog home, you don't need the treats. The dog is doing it because you're asking it to. After each training package, we go through a series of lessons. We keep going until the owner gets it. We make sure that they go over the beatings with their dog and that dog is listening before they, before they leave here. But also we follow up when they get home. Is your pup listening to you here? If it's not, we one phone call away, we'll make a trip. We got the Pulpit Mobile where we go out to their homes and make sure their dog is okay. Hey, back here on Lunch with Claves and Joe. Uh, 2022 marks the 40th anniversary of the Cardinals' 1982 World Championship team. And coming up on this Friday, May 13th, 25,000 fans ages 16 and older will take home a white 1982-inspired performance hat courtesy of Quick Trip Tickets, still available at cardinals.com slash promotions and claims. It's got the uh, the circle logo with the one cardinal on the bat. That's my favorite cardinal logo of uh, of all time. And I, I have one hat with that on it. Those hats look, uh, look awfully nice. So uh, it's still plenty of tickets available. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. You know, we have so many logos, man. I, I've, I've lost track. 
between <laughs> logos and uniforms and caps. And I, I don't know what they had. I don't know which one that might be. Yeah, it's the one. It says St. Louis on top, Cardinals on the bottom in the red circle with the one bird on the bat in the uh, on the inside. But it's a white performance hat. Again, cardinals.com slash promotions. Back with more here in 30 seconds. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 330 pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. And all of them are covered by our St. Louis Acura Promise and backed by our Better Business Bureau A-plus rating and 30 years in business. We also service all makes and models of vehicles, including glass and bumper repair, paint touch-ups, and full mechanical services from one of our 24 technicians. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you, no matter what vehicle drives you. Lunch with Claves and Joe here on ClavesOnline.com. Claves, there it is. There's the uh, white performance hat. Uh, oh, there yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that logo. They also got the purse this weekend. And uh, the Ozzy Funko uh, Pop, Claves, to add to your collection of Funko Pops that you have at uh, at home of your uh, of your friend there, the Wizard. Oh, yeah. We plenty of those around. <laughs> Hey, so all those available again, cardinals.com. Go uh, find them on the uh, promotions. Blues, last night. You know what? If you were to listen to the radio here in town or watch any of the newscasts or just go on social media, you would think that the Blues yesterday were down three games to none going into that game against the Wild that they ended up winning. It, it has been just the, the sky is falling for the past week since they won that game one four to nothing. And yet here we stand blues tied up yesterday, two games to two. But isn't that the blues fan MO? You know, the sky's always falling and, and rightfully I understand it considering the, the amount of years the blues have gone through playoffs and one thing or another can happen. Uh, so I'm not surprised uh, by how people panic. Uh, it's a playoff, and I think I even shared with you, I thought Minnesota would give the Blues all they could handle. Uh, but I didn't know the Blues were going to have to deal with such a shorthanded situation from a defenseman standpoint. Uh, and they, they managed to pull it together yesterday. Minnesota was looking for the – they were looking for the jugular. The Blues didn't let them have it, and uh, they fought them off. And I think tomorrow night uh, in Minnesota – is going to be a real battle. You know, it's been proven that winners in Game Five and the Stanley Cup playoffs went go on to win like seventy nine percent of the time the series. So the Blues have the work cut out for them. I think the one good thing they have working is uh, they have played well on the road. They know they can win in Minnesota. Uh, I would think that Jordan Bennington would be back in the nest tomorrow night. Uh, he played well yesterday. He he did some things early to give the Blues a chance. So we we get him going. Uh, that I think that's going to be a plus, and, and hopefully the Blues can get some of the veteran defensemen back. Also, I have not heard on what Letty or Bartuzo, uh, Bartuzo stand. It sounds to me like Krug might be down for a bit. So um, you know, but I tip my cap to the to the journeymen that were out there yesterday, Santini and uh, and uh, uh, the other guy I can't think of his name, and then Perunovic came back, uh, Rosen. Uh, so you know it, it, they're doing it. I don't know how they're doing it, and I just think if they can hold on till a Calvary arrives, I think this could be a more than an interesting series. Yeah, it's just the 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 injuries have just been devastating. And, but everybody deals yeah. with them, though. Everybody and, deals with them. So I, I mean, that's the playoffs. You know, you look at every team. Look at Pittsburgh; they lost their goalie before it got started. I mean, you've had some other guys go down, and believe me, this is the hardest trophy to win for a reason because you pay a physical and mental price unlike anything in any other sport. 
No, I, I, I agree. I mean, and you, you're, you're right about that. So you go, I, I, and I agree with you too on Bennington starting game five. I just, you know, it's been so back and forth. And I think this is something you and I have been debating for months now over who, who gets the start in the postseason. And it really has just come down to whoever's playing better, whoever's going to make the goal or make the stops. And w- when you get here, I mean, I thought it was the right call to start Huso in game one, but now we're here. You know what? Bennington wins. You you keep playing with him. I agree. Um, and and I, I tip my cap to Bennington where he kind of stays ready much like when Jake Allen had to stay ready when he was, uh, when Bennington was hot a few years ago. Uh, And I hope Huso stays ready because I don't think you can go through a series or go through the entire playoffs with one goaltender, Uh, at least one that's, you know, I don't, I didn't think Bennington was hot. I thought he was good. Uh, And I think you find more good goalies than hot goalies these days. Yeah. Have you watched, uh, have you been paying any attention to any of their series? Yeah, I've been trying to watch this, all of them. Uh, the Calgary-Dallas one has been priceless. Um, Calgary's going to be a tough team to beat because they, they have everything you need right now. They can score. They're very good defensively. They do play the body and play the body they do uh, well. Uh, and Dallas is trying to fight back. And Dallas is a, is a very game-chippy team also. So I've been watching that series. Uh, Colorado, Nashville should have never happened. Nashville's just outgunned. They lost their goalie as well, so they have no chance. Uh, the Washington, uh, the Washington series has been interesting. Florida and Boston has been beyond entertaining. Uh, so yeah, I, I like what I see uh, with regard to these series in the Edmonton, Edmonton, uh, LA King series. I mean, when you get beat in that series, you don't get beat. You get your ass kicked. I mean, those those scores have been shutouts and getting blown out. But well, how about this? Uh, the other day in, in L.A. at the Crypto Center, wherever they call it now, um, they were going to have – Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, which, by the way, they're spending a ton of money. But anyway, point being, Oilers um, um, are out for a morning skate, and they wouldn't put the nets out there for them to skate to practice with. And they had them off to the side and did not put them out there for a while, did not turn the lights on in the building, or at least they were dim. And it was really somebody should lose their job over it. But but the audience were like, no, no problem. They beat them eight to two that night. <laughs> so I mean, but somebody's got to pay the price for that. You cannot do that to another opponent, you know, to to lock up your building and not give them the opportunity to participate in a skate or do whatever else they want to do. They, you, you would think that the maintenance there, that they uh, they would have everything ready because they, they don't have a basketball team playing there right now else that, uh, right. Yeah, that has to go on. So it's, hey, you know what? They should just be ready for hockey. It should be the ice should just be there at all times right now. I agree with you. <laughs> By the way, that I was I was going to bring this up. Have you watched? Uh, did you watch any of winning time these past few weeks? I have watched it. Yeah. Um, I know you're a big Lakers guy. So, well, you know, but see, here's here's where the disconnect comes. They took the book, which was a good book, uh, and then they tried to Hollywood it and, and add some things and subtract some things and embellish some things that's got some people in an uproar. Um, so I tell people that's not how the Lakers really worked, uh, according to this TV show. That's not how it worked. There there were some snippets of some things that took place, but the, to portray Jerry West as this raving lunatic is certainly wrong. And there have been some other things in there I, I disagree with. 
uh, not only because I read the book, but I was a Laker fan and who, who had an inside contact on what was really going on. So from a Hollywood standpoint, I think it's entertaining. I think from a reality standpoint, it's disappointing because it portrayed some people in light that really didn't take place. So you have this uh, you have this TV series that's out there now based on a book, which was based on a uh, a run of a you know a, a great years of a uh, of a team, a dynasty, if you will. Are there is there is this something that we should see? more i mean this was very different from the last dance this was absolutely i mean this was hollywood this wasn't a documentary is are there other shows you think or other teams that should be covered in in that same light that's a good question you know i'm thinking of the book um the book the guy wrote about the chicago bulls who created such a stir and i can't think of the name of it jordan rules that That would would have been sam uh sam smith yeah yeah. If it was written Sam, about the Bulls, it had to have been Sam Smith, right? Yeah. And Sam had access. Okay. They yeah. gave him access. So that would have been, that would be an interesting book. Now, I think the problem you run across is finding people to portray some of the individuals. And I don't think the book would go well for certain people that are still around and within, well, Jerry Krause is no longer with us, but I think it evolved, it would evolve around him a great deal. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'm really, I, I really don't care for those. For the mere fact that you know, it's it's more Hollywood fiction than than reality. And I think when we start talking about the character of people, and especially them being alive and what the impact it has on them and their families, I I, I think that's really kind of a it's kind of a cheap shot. I mean, it's something on like the eighties Mets. 80s Nets. Mets. 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 Ah. I'm I'm thinking going other sports. Yeah, I'm thinking, but I mean, I'm you know, 90, I, I 90s Cowboys. Know, I just don't know if there's enough there to be honest with you. I really don't. Uh, and we've seen movies depicted to emulate a, a team. And I'll give you a good example: North Dallas Forty, which, in my opinion, one of the five best football movies ever made, uh, <clears throat> because it was close to home. It was so close to home that the NFL was uncomfortable with it and basically blacklisted everybody who was in the league with the exception of one guy that continued to have a reasonable career. They, they got rid of everybody else uh, and, and the league really frowned on it because it was really too close to home about things that took place off the field. So you can probably pull one of those off every 15, 20, 25 years, but I don't know if it's something that would be a, a regular in somebody's TV rotation. Let's get back to the basketball, the NBA playoffs in their second round and all the series uh, pretty close here so far. You got two that are at two games apiece, the other two, two games to one. But yesterday, uh, I think the thing that made headlines in the Phoenix-Dallas game was Chris Paul's run-in with a uh, with a fan in the crowd. I feel like this is something we talked about a lot last year where fans – kind of going a little crazy and maybe it was because they didn't get to go to an arena or they didn't get to go to a game for a year and they were that they forgot how to act or they or just being cooped up made them a little crazier but we saw yesterday I mean that kid looked like he was about 14 years old that Chris Paul was uh was screaming at and the kid had to be escorted for the game and rightfully so for what he did to Chris Paul's family well Chris Paul's a better man than me because I probably would have been fined and or suspended because I would have kicked his ass all the way to the parking lot. It looked like he tried. It looked like he just had you know, bigger guys. No, you know, I'm sick back. of these. I'm sick of these fans 
who think because they have a ticket, they can do whatever they want. And, you know, leagues and teams say, well, there are customers. Well, that doesn't give a customer a right to do what he did. Mm-mm. Had he done that to my family, I, the game would have been secondary and I would have made a clear telling example. And I'm sure he would have sued me and that would have been fine, too. And, you know, I, I think I've had it with this. I, I just don't think there's a place for it. Uh, I see it in I see it in baseball and the other sports I've been able to go to uh, since the, the pandemic was over. I went to a couple of NBA games and I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm rolling with this. I, we had an issue in uh, on the road here recently where some fans were a little vile in, in some of the things they were saying and doing and making some fan, other Cardinal fans feel a little uncomfortable. So we, we've got to do a better job of reminding people, hey, this is how you're going to re- re- be required to act. We don't care how much money you pay, but these are the rules. And if you can't abide by them, then somebody else is going to have your ticket. Yeah, if you're not familiar with what happened yesterday during game four, uh, a, a fan uh, put his hands on Chris Paul's mother and also his and pushed his wife. Um, Chris Paul's kids were also right there, too, and witnessed the uh, the entire thing that was going on right behind, uh, really in second row, right off there at, uh, at so courtside yesterday. Here's where this has real teeth. We're talking about the president of the Players Association. All right. We're not talking mm-hmm. about a third year guy or a guy who's got a reputation of being volatile or anything like we're talking about who guy who runs the association, the, the players association. That's like if, if somebody was given uh, Adam silver grief in the stands, you know mm-hmm. what? You, you don't think they're going to step in and, and, and correct this. Oh no, they're going to correct it because a lot of players of, of real legitimate status, they have their own security team, you know? And I mean, they, and they have to, they have it for themselves, but now they travel their families, and so they'll have security there as well. And that guy's job is not to go comb a guy's head. His job is to go alert uh, security. We have a problem here. And or take it need, into their own hands. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, major league teams are doing this now. They they have security on the road, you know, to make sure we, we don't have an issue with fans. You know, fans have lost their fucking minds here, okay? Yeah. And and I'm and somebody's gonna get hurt and it's not gonna be a player. Not gonna and, be a yeah. player. And I mean you you're seeing it everywhere. I mean, you I'm sure you saw the video last week, Dave Chappelle. Which and, I'm glad you brought that up. How does a guy not get charged with a felony? You know, I know he got the pool beat out of him, but he how he got he didn't get charged for a felony. He ran up on the stage and attacked a guy with a knife. Yeah. And he gets some mister four misdemeanors. Nah, they should have kept beating him. See, I don't have that kind of patience and understanding uh, when these sort of things unfold. Because I am one that uh, you call it prairie justice, whatever you want. Stay in your lane. Yeah, you know he's here to do a job, and part of his job is not having to defend himself. But I told you earlier, Joe, after the Will Smith thing, it would be it might be open season on comedians. Uh, and we're starting to see that. And I know comedians have to start thinking about how they conduct themselves because there was a time when you'd have a, somebody in the audience, a heckler, and you go back and forth with him, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you shot down the heckler. Now he's embarrassed. Some guys would just shut up and do nothing, but now you never know what a guy would do. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, for, from the Dave Chappelle guy to what you're talking about with security teams, I mean, it goes back, Claves. One of my favorite lines is uh, fuck around, find out. That's and that's that's what that needs to be on a t shirt. 
<laughs> that, that's what's going that, to happen. That that's what happened to the guy. No, you're right. That's what happened to the guy that attacked Dave Chappelle when you see his arm like yeah, that. I mean, he, <laughs> his arm looked like a broken branch on a Christmas tree. I mean, but I, I'm telling you, I. Or I no, the, you see the face of the guy on the plane with uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah. That, I, mean, I mean, like that. Guys, like, that guy looked like. Oh shit! And, okay. and you know what? I don't have any pity for them. I don't have any pity. No. I wish they'd hit hard. I wish I wish they had one more punch or one more kick. Yeah, because this is you know this has got to stop because people think they can say and do anything and there's no cost for it. You know, just act act right, man. We're not asking you to do anything that you haven't been accustomed to doing in the past. Yeah, and right. I mean, yeah, it's it and this is, and this punk uh, yesterday. I'm sure his parents would probably defend him. Well, he's really a good kid. I can't believe you guys. You know, there's always that parent that wants to defend their kid for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm sick of that bunch too. All right, let's move on to something else before I start really getting pissed <laughs> off here. I mean, you got me worked up now, man. And I just, this has been a hot button for me. And we didn't I even okay. I mean, we didn't even talked about the games yet. We haven't even talked about the NBA games yet. We're talking games about all the off good. the court stuff. Games have been good, but yeah. while we're on the subject of the NBA, worst trade of the year in the NBA was Simmons for Harden because neither teams get much. They get a little bit more out of Harden. So Simmons has just created a boondoggle here. He hoodwinked everybody. He had no intention of playing, and and the Sixers are on the Nets are on the hook for this guy. And then you get this ring chaser in Harden. You know, all of a sudden he has one or two games, but the guy was so out of shape, he could barely play in a pickup league on Sunday morning. So that's the worst trade. Uh, the best series, man, I, I think that Golden State and Memphis is, is really the series to watch. Now, I know John Morant allegedly is going to miss tomorrow night. I'll wait and see on that. That's uh, tonight. No, that game's uh, tonight. tonight. Yeah, the tell yeah, Celtics, is Celtics Bucks tonight. Grizzlies Warriors. Yeah, is tonight. The tell is that John Moran has already established a history of b- making miraculous comebacks, and I personally didn't think it was malicious in what he tried to do. I think when guys are scrambling for the ball, you're just trying to grab on and prevent. But I don't think he was. I don't think Poole was a guy that was saying, "I'm going to try and take this guy's knee out here." I, I don't. I didn't see that. So. You know, for him to for John Morant to talk about the code. Hey, John, let me explain something to you. You ain't been around long enough to read the code yet. You don't understand the code. And if you think that was bad, you should have been around 10 years ago when that was par for the course, or maybe 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, where you were lucky that you weren't, you know, cut from the head to the shoulder. So let let's pump the brakes on what's right and what isn't as far as the code is concerned. If he's on the Grizzlies though, ten years ago, he's got Zebo right there, uh, ready to uh, ready to defend him if something yeah. happens to him in the middle of a game. So that's that's the difference is they don't have you don't have those enforcers out well, there anymore on an NBA team. What did I tell you when the trade deadline took place about Memphis? I said Memphis need to have a thumper and they need to have somebody with some experience up yep. front, and they didn't get either one, and no. I think they're paying the price for it because Golden State. You know, they, they can play that game. You know, championship teams, and you pick the sport, they can play any way you want to play it because that's how mm-hmm. versatile they are. The year the Blues won the Stanley Cup, you want to skate? Oh, we can do that. Oh, you want to play the body? We got one of those guys too. You know, they had enough. And when you look at the NBA, you're going to have some teams want to run and gun. Yeah, we can do that. You want to shoot the three? Yep, we can do that. You want to bang, be our guest. Mm-hmm. So 
Golden State's got that ring experience that Memphis doesn't have. That's why I think they can win the series. And Memphis will, will learn from it, but I think their front office will have to learn from it too in making sure that you're properly aligned uh, going into the playoffs because that's a completely different season. Reports came out today that Jokic won MVP again, back-to-back years. Do you agree with him? No problem with it at all. No problem with it at all. You know, first of all, he shows up every night. Secondly, he's not whining about why he should be the MVP. Thirdly, he's on an inferior team compared to Philadelphia. And fourthly, you know what? He's so consistent. I mean, I mean, he's and, – and I don't want to take anything away from him, B, because he's got some tools also. I mean, his ability to shoot, his ability to put it on the floor – uh, he's become a better passer. But I, I just think Jokic has done a lot of things to say, what didn't I do to win this thing again? I mean, his numbers were as consistent as anyone. So, And I know Embiid had a big number, big year scoring-wise. But you know what? I think Jokic is probably a little bit more of a complete player. He may not look like it on the, on the eye test, but I didn't have a problem with it at all. But I'm and, sure uh, we'll be hearing from a bunch of people whining about how Embiid didn't get it. Just play, Celtics. man. Hey, how about this? Play back to back nights, and let's see if we can if that can if that works for you. Celtics Bucks tonight. Uh, Bucks up two games to one in that series, as it is in Milwaukee, and then Grizzlies Warriors is the late game tonight. Both of those on TNT. So that just means you get a whole uh, a lot more Shaq and Barkley and and Kenny the Jet Smith doing uh doing that. Which, by the way, I I don't know if you saw the um the the other day that so. T or TBS, TNT, whatever. They have like a baseball show now. They're trying to maybe emulate a little bit like that. What is it? Jimmy Rollins, Pedro Martinez. Uh, really? Is it Kurt? Is it Curtis Granderson? Yeah. I think. Is, is he, yeah. Good guy. Yeah. That they're uh, so now they have that show and they came in there to play uh, those guys uh, three on three the other day at the uh, at the TNT studio. Just seeing like just seeing a guy like Jimmy Rollins though stand next to a guy like Shaq. And knowing that these guys were both all-star, you know, all-stars in their sports and just seeing the size difference in two athletes that were at the top of their games at one point. I mean, it is just, it's, it never, it's still, still to this day, it's something that you just look at and it just, it makes you really realize just how enormous these basketball players are. And some of these football players are too. And you see them next to baseball players. When we were in Miami, uh, we were staying St. Hotel, the Atlanta Hawks were staying in and, I happened to come in when they were about to go to shoot around and I knew one of their assistants and we were just standing there catching up and a couple of players walked by me and I'm just like, Oh my God. I, I said, are they getting bigger or am I getting shorter? <laughs> I mean, it, it is so, I, I, I mean, and, unless you see it on a daily basis, you, you, you will be enamored with the size of these people and, and what they can do from an agility standpoint. I mean, they're very good athletes. They're just not basketball players. Um, uh, I think though, so to me, if Turner and I and I, I appreciate what Turner's trying to do in trying to create some synergy. Uh, I don't know being on a set and everybody in street clothes trying to do something that they haven't done in years. You know, they should do. They should have those guys go out and play nine holes of golf and wire them up for sound just to hear them talk sto- and tell stories. It would just you be, know? yeah, it would be the Charles Barkley show. I mean, that would be. Well, I mean, you you know, you can edit it where it doesn't yeah. totally become him, but just let them play nine holes of golf. We don't care how good they are because they're not going to be as good as the guys we watch on Sundays, but just something different where you can just hear the chatter and just hear them talking about this guy, that guy. And maybe you have a couple of subject items you want to roll out there just to see what they say. 
Hey, when you were in uh, San Francisco, when you were uh, covering those games this week, did you get a chance to get um, anywhere close to Sam Helly of the uh, of the Giants and just see how big he was? You know, I tell you something. Yeah, I did uh, because he could barely walk in the dugout. I mean, the, the dugout, he could barely walk. But this guy probably had to be wearing size 19, 20 shoe, man. I mean, he was massive. I mean, he's just long and lanky, uh, which tells me he had to be maybe the worst basketball player in the history of his school. Because, you you know, you how many guys at 6'11 that you just say, well, let's just put him on the bench, maybe a block a shot. He just, no, you go play baseball. You you can't play this, you know. So uh, he, his, his name is Jelly. It's it's Jelly, it's okay. Jelly, yeah. Uh, but uh, he had his moment of glory, and they shipped him off to the minors the next day. <laughs> Six foot eleven, uh, tied for the the tallest uh, major league baseball player of all time, right? You are correct. Yeah, still still haven't seen a seven footer walk through any of those dugouts. No, and I don't think you will. I mean. It's just too many obstacles for a guy to to be able to hone his skill uh, when you're seven feet tall. Before some basketball coaches, you know, told you this is what you need to do. All you gotta do, yeah. I mean, just to put you out there at the end of a game to stand in front of an inbound pass guy. That's, I mean, yeah, at seven exactly. feet, that's all you gotta do for that. Exactly. Hey, uh, we need to take our final break. When we come back, we're gonna wrap things up here. We still haven't gotten to the Kentucky Derby talk, so we will do that after this. The pandemic has been the ultimate game changer for many companies and Ameren, Illinois is no exception. President and Chairman Richard Mark tells us how they've worked with their customers who may have been harshly impacted by COVID. The pandemic has uh, really caused some un, you know, unprecedented changes and challenges for all industries. And you know, for us, we, since we provide that vital service, um, you know, we understand customers have to have it. And so with the pandemic, many people were out of work, didn't know when they were going back to work. So some of the things that we tried to do was say, you know, how do we how do we help those customers along? How do we provide some incent, some money to uh, make it available if they couldn't pay their bill? How did we how could we maybe um, suspend late fees and and late payments and and those types of things? So um, what we tried to do is work with our customers. We provided uh, last year over twenty six million dollars in billing assistance for customers to help, and basically uh, the customers couldn't pay you know we didn't cut anyone off and and try to just understand what was going on in the communities and I think that's really the the real core and basis of what we try to do Back here on lunch with Klaibs and Joe, and there you see the uh, the logo for Pawfect K9 and Klaibs. After being out on the road and being as busy as you are, you get a uh, you get a day now to uh, to spend with your uh, with your pups here at home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I uh, haven't been around them in a while, and I'm gonna try and get them outside. The weather's good, and uh, we'll, I'm gonna let them run around. I'm not gonna run with them. I'm just gonna throw some, watch them, have fun. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And thanks to Jeremy and everybody at Pawfect. Uh, my dogs are a little bit better behaved than what they used to be, and uh, I can enjoy them, and hopefully they're enjoying me. And if you're thinking about a dog for yourself or maybe your family, uh, I talk to them first. Make sure that you get the right dog, uh, and there's plenty of ways to get them through Stray Rescue and a number of other outlets. But also make sure they get the proper training where you can truly enjoy and they can enjoy you. 
And Poffit has done a wonderful job for me, and I know they can do the same for you. It just takes a simple phone call or just go online, check them out. And once you do, you'll see why I'm so impressed with what they've been able to do, along with some other people I've recommended. They've come away feeling good about the investment and time they made into Poffit because they made it into their dog. They can do it for you. Popular demand, the Cardinals Purse Giveaway returns to Bush Stadium on Saturday, May 14th when the Cardinals host the San Francisco Giants. Get your tickets at Cardinals.com. Wrapping things up here on lunch with Klaibs and Joe, powered by uh, Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganess St. Louis Hacker and sponsored by the HomeLoanExpert.com. Klaibs, uh, it was Kentucky Derby weekend in uh in louisville at churchill downs and one of the uh one of the most exciting finishes of all time the long shot rich stake wins at an 80 to uh 80 to 1 odds and i i i did not watch the race live but i have probably watched the overhead uh shot of that the way that race finished where they had the little bars and they're showing you where rich stake was and they were showing you where the first place horse was i've probably watched that about a hundred times already just watching him maneuver his way through the crowd of horses to get up to the front down the stretch was was incredible it, it really was and really i thought the lead horse jockey blew it because he was trying to cut off the horse on that on his right shoulder and never looked under his left arm to see if there was something because he gave too much space to the rail. I mean, you know, you and I could have been running through that uh, between the horse and the rail. It was that much space. And, and I thought the jockey cost himself the race because he didn't pay attention to both sides or who was racing. And by the time he did, he had that horse didn't have anything left. Uh, but it was a great story. I mean, this is a horse that got in at the last minute because someone else had a horse that was scratched. But it also says... You know, you just pull up a horse anywhere. You can, hey, come on, you want to run? I mean, I guess if you have the money to, to put up, and it's not a big amount of money. I mean, you have to be qualified as far as races you've been involved in. But uh, I think what it does, it does a couple of things. One, are there too many horses? You know, had 21 horses. Is that too many? Two, I think it opens up the preakness because there are a lot of guys, a lot of trainers and owners that say, wait a minute, this guy won? We can put a horse in and can beat that horse. And I know that uh, there's some people that are horse owners that are certainly thinking about that now. We got two weeks to figure it out. But overall, it was a, it was a good day and hooray for the long shot. You know, I'm one that believes that, you know, the favorites are the easy ones to pick. You want to have something with odds where you can make a little money along the way. So uh, it, it whet the appetite of a number of people. And as a matter of fact, I know somebody whose father, ended up betting that horse and made a nice little piece of change. Yeah, that uh, I saw that I had a friend that just threw $30 down on it because it was the the longest odds. That's 3000 yeah, bucks. Yeah, it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> right. You're yeah, you're making some nice money off of uh off of that for the weekend. I I didn't get anything in. I didn't get any bets in on uh on that. I, had I, smile I definitely happy. would not have thrown it on there. I had I like Smile Happy. Smile Happy was uh, I think got bunched up too early and, and fought too hard to get out of and didn't have enough horse left in them. 
Uh, also this weekend, talking racing, it was a another weekend. The Formula One, Claves. I know you're. Uh, I know you're really big into that. Um, I it, the race itself, whatever. But Martin Brundle had himself quite a day yesterday. I, I don't know if you saw the uh, the highlights of his interviews before the race. I saw a few of them. Uh, I didn't see them. All. I was trying to. I watched the day before quite a bit. Uh, I knew everybody was going to be there. I, I think this is going to be the premier event in the United States for a while. They, well, they have a 10-year contract to have it in Miami. Mm-hmm. They're going to take one to Vegas as well, and they got one already in Austin. Uh, Formula One is unlike anything we've seen here in this country in a long time, and it's going to be a people-watcher event. And, and you know, it's, so, it's such a unique method of racing that uh, you have to – be high atop just to watch the whole track. I mean, it's three and a half miles, but it's it's kind of like a road race more or less. It's not just one oval, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of a different challenge. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm anxious. I've been to two of them, and I uh, went to the one in Toronto twice, and that was a pretty cool deal. But I think when you see quote all the beautiful people, uh, it, it's it's a fascinating event, much like the Derby, you know. And I think this was one of the great weekends in sport where you had the Derby. You had the uh, the Grand Prix and uh, the Formula One race. And uh, those are two events that, that when they come around on an annual basis, you pay attention to it. You had yesterday, I saw the uh, I saw the sports schedule yesterday. Let me let me see if I can pull it up. You talk about everything that we had going on on the uh, on the schedule. There were 18 baseball games on the uh, on the schedule yesterday. Uh, along with that, there were, let's see, it's uh, 18 baseball games, four hockey games, four EPL games, three MLS games, three WNBA games, uh, two NBA games, a PGA final round, a NASCAR race, Formula One. Oh, yeah. And the USFL game, which claims I was watching yesterday. The, uh, the I don't know if you saw you were on. No, I didn't. You probably weren't even. No. no, no, not that. It was uh, Peacock or NBC. They have the new Sunday morning baseball game. They have uh, so they have that. And yesterday it was White Sox, Red Sox. So it was Jason Benetti with Steve Stone and Kevin Euclid. And it was, you know what? They didn't do anything fancy with the broadcast. It was just Jason Benetti called the game. Yeah, Steve Ron Stone, Kevin Couple took, took a pitch in, right in the mush yesterday. Yes. Yeah, had to come out of the game. Yeah. But it was it was just a nice, simple broadcast. They didn't try to do anything special. They just threw it out there for the game. Euclid talked about the Red Sox. Stone talked about the White Sox. It was great. It was, uh, but after that game was over with, they went to the USFL game. Yeah. Claves, there are more people at a middle school football game than there were at this. Like friends and family didn't even show up to this USFL game. Why would you? With all the other events you just listed that were going on in the world, why would you go to a USFL game? Claves, there were more, Claves, there were more people watching games at Bush Stadium in 2020 than there were at this USF, <laughs> than there were at this USFL game. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get that. Uh, I'm not the biggest advocate of minor league football as it is. First of all, there are enough good players. Secondly, you know, they'll, you know, less than 1% of all the guys who play will actually be in a training camp and be there mm-hmm. for the last cut. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just doesn't move my needle. Now, there's somebody who thinks this is going to give them a shot, but I'm just not one of them. Maybe one. Maybe one of all the of all the guys on all the rosters that maybe one. Which, by the way, I, I meant to bring all this up. The Martin Brundle yesterday before the, uh, or the, I guess on Sunday during the Grand Prix in Miami, he stopped uh, Paulo Banchero, 
the mm-hmm. uh, the from the kid from Duke who's probably going to go top three, top five in the NBA draft, and started interviewing him as if he was Patrick Mahomes. I heard about that. I didn't see it, but I heard about that. <laughs> he, well, you know, he goes up to him. Ever heard this he goes there's, up to him, claims goes around and said, "Well, you know, they all look alike to me." So, you know, maybe it's one of those moments. <laughs> he goes up and asks him a question, and first call, and the guy kind of gives an answer, and, and on camera he goes, "Oh, well, this isn't Patrick Mahomes. No wonder he didn't answer me when I yelled Patrick at him." He goes, anyway, moving on. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. I don't I don't know if there's anything I can say or something like that. Oh, uh, then hey, I guess yesterday too, you also had the uh the boxing uh last night too, right? Canelo or was yeah. that what it was? Canelo, yeah. he got knocked off. He he you know what? That guy came in the ring and, and he was ready to go. I think Canelo was kind of resting on his laurels because he hasn't really had a tough fight in a while. I think he was looking ahead at Triple G again and uh he got caught. I mean, it was no, going to do Canelo versus Triple G because that's the only guy that can probably match up with him. And people recognize you have to remember, man, between MMA and USF and and boxing, which is trying to make a comeback. There's so many blood sports to follow now that once you latch on to a certain fighter, you just kind of follow him because there's too many other guys that you just don't know enough about. Yeah. Some I, that's I, that, that's one. I mean, I can't get into it. I can't because of that reason. I mean, there's. There's nothing to follow when when you don't know who the guys, who the top guys yeah. are with uh with that. Klaibs, um, you got Orioles in town this week, and then followed by the Giants again this weekend. What else do you have coming on uh going on in between? Well, um, that's a great question. We'll visit with Alex Ferrario, talk some blues hockey tomorrow. Uh, of course, anybody who hasn't heard about our podcast with Joe West, 5460, we suggest you check that out. And uh, we'll be heavy into baseball and try and get some NBA in toward the end of the week. Yeah, the uh, second episode of the Joe West podcast out right now, a conversation with former Cubs first baseman Mark Grace. And for you, uh, for all the St. Louis fans out there, a run-in at the end of the interview by Kelly Chase. He joins for about the last 10, 15 minutes and tells a uh, tells a story of a night him and Grace went out drinking that you... Uh, hey, don't, don't, don't tell them. <laughs> Let them listen for themselves. I'm, I'm just saying they want to hear it. You got to tune into it. You got to hear that story uh, along with a lot of other st- stories from Mark Grace and his uh, and his career. Um, we, uh, we hope to record a few others as we got some phone calls into uh, some pretty big names for uh, for more episodes with other ones already in the can. Clips. We are not at any kind of short of a uh, of an episode right now when it comes to the Joe West podcast and the ones that we have coming up um, moving uh, moving forward. That That's going to do it for us here today on Lunch with Klaibs and Joe, as always, powered by Amarin, Illinois, driven by Munganash St. Louis Acura, and sponsored by Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert. Find him online at thehomeloanexpert.com. He's Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. We'll talk to you next week. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 330 pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. And all of them are covered by our St. Louis Acura Promise and backed by our Better Business Bureau A-plus rating and 30 years in business. We also service all makes and models of vehicles, including glass and bumper repair, paint touch-ups, and full mechanical services from one of our 24 technicians. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you, no matter what vehicle drives you.